Hello friends, welcome to October, welcome to your Monday edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast and welcome to an odd feeling because Ipswich Town didn't win on Saturday. Really strange feeling. Uh, Mark Heath here with Stewie Watson, AJ, to break that down and talk all about it. There's lots to get to. Rossi will hopefully be joining us later on fresh from his glamping trip as well. First of all though, Stewie, we know you're the doctor. You're in need of, of self-medication at the moment. You weren't faring well when we last spoke. You were battling on through like a, a brave little soldier. How's the illness? I'm all right, mate. Yeah. Um, people may have noticed I wasn't at the game on Saturday. Um, yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't missed many through illness, but I didn't uh, didn't feel up to it. I've had a nasty chest infection, sort of lay me low. So uh, I managed to get uh, hooked up with a, a bit of a stream. The club sorted me out, so I was able to uh, cover it remotely. Hopefully people didn't, uh, apart from not being in the video with the boys afterwards, hopefully people didn't see too much of a change to their usual their usual service. I think, and um, whisper this quietly, Stu, actually we can do things quicker when we don't actually go to the game, can't we? We're just watching it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was sat there, I was thinking, I've, this has saved about 10 hours from my day. Mm. I was able to have replays. Um, Lovely, yeah. It, yeah, it did go quite smoothly. I mean, you do miss you do miss something from being at the game, seeing the full picture of the game, getting to feel the atmosphere, um, obviously being able to speak to the manager in person and stuff like that. So I wouldn't want to make a habit of it, but as a, as a one-off on this occasion, um, hopefully it worked okay. I love that as well. Watson goes, I'm not going to the game. Give me give me a stream club. Sort that right out for me. It, it shall be done. Some, sure guy, some guy called Andy Warren... Oh, after me contacts friends yeah. in high places right then, so you weren't there uh on saturday but a man who was there and had to drive there and back with rossi feeding him sweets i'm sure aj the youthful pistol yeah juvenile weapon would be another way of describing it that um, sounds like an insult <laughs> well <laughs> yeah take what take from that what you will how are Brilliant. you friend how was how was huddersfield yeah uh, cold uh rainy a little bit grim I don't know where these sweets were from Ross, but yeah, sure. He was nicking my chewing gum for most of the drive. Um, fun fact that I've learned about Ross is that every time he has mint, he sneezes. This is a <laughs> really weird thing. Um, and it literally, it was a running thing the entire journey, like seven or eight times, he'd take a piece of chewing gum and he'd sneeze within about 30 seconds. So that was Mike, ba Mike Bacon, yeah. the big porker, used to have that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird, isn't so it? There you go. Yeah, I don't know where that's come from. Maybe it's been passed on. Um, yeah, long drive. I think if Shu was going to miss a game, he's probably done quite well to make it. This one, given how far it was, obviously, I mean, Stu's done much further travels than this one, but with kind of how the game panned out with the weather, uh, God, Paul Ross getting sent to literally the arse end of nowhere around the edge of the stadium, didn't even have a, a place for him to go. They just sent him straight through. Um, yeah, an interesting weekend and I definitely needed the Sunday to uh, have a little bit of a breather. Mm. Uh, before we get going, boys, and start talking about the football, can we get one thing quite clear? Uh, my hot take from the preview show, I said Ipswich Town will be top of the table at some point. Now, I know they were after two or three games or whatever it was, and I explicitly said that didn't count because I wanted it to be at least after five games to kind of qualify. They were sitting top of the table on Saturday. Yes, Leicester hadn't played and are subsequently now back on top. But surely you're giving me that, aren't you, boys? What's what's your ruling? I would, personally. I think it's hard to argue. Quite right. Quite right, one. yeah. Stu? Yeah. Uh, normally, I'm the party pooper here and, and would be pulling you up on a technicality. But I think that was a bold shout 
and I think uh, we've 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 got to give you that one. Yeah, I reckon they might be top again, you know, at some point. Um, anyway, I won't, I won't get too far into that. Boys, 1-1 at Huddersfield then. Um, <clears throat> again, it feels weird, town not winning. And it also feels weird to draw, something we've not kind of used to. Uh, and even when, when they went 1-0 down, in my head, I thought, they'll still win this. No problem at all. Obviously, battled back, showed courage, showed desire, showed stickability and got the draw. I'm going to ask you, Stu, before we hear from Kieran McKenna, for your opening thoughts on the game, watching... From Watson Towers with a, a Lemsip on the go. Good point would be my overall summary of it. I think um, this is a bit of a perfect storm of a difficult game for Ipswich. I think from a Huddersfield Huddersfield perspective, first game at home under a new manager, which always kind of lifts the crowd and and has the players um, sort of auditioning for their places. Um, Darren Moore's a manager that that knows Ipswich Town mm. pretty well over the last sort of eighteen months, having done battle with them with Sheffield Wednesday. So I think he had a decent idea of kind of what game plan to to come up with, which was um, a combination of a high press and direct physical football, uh, which we saw from Sheffield Wednesday uh, before. Uh, then you throw into the mix that Morsey's suspended, Broadhead's injured, Leaf Davis is only just back from a knock. All things considered, crap weather, all of that, throw that into the melting pot. It made for a very difficult afternoon. And so for Ipswich to kind of escape with a with a point, with a late lever, I think um, I think that's a mark of a good side. And in, in trying circumstances, they still got something out of it. Yeah, let's not forget Huddersfield end the month unbeaten. Uh, five matches unbeaten. And obviously that new manager, um, first time game bounce under Darren Moore. A man who McKenna has never beaten thus far as a manager. Um, so all in all, probably a good point. You mentioned Sam Morsey there, Stu. Obviously, you weren't at the game. Sam Morsey wasn't in Huddersfield either. Do you know where he was this weekend? No. He, was in, he was in Bury, the jewel in Suffolk's crown. He was having a night away at the Angel Hotel, the historic and frankly overpriced and overrated hotel. Um, but uh, but Sam Morsey was there, uh, had a lovely time. He had a bath, one of his copper top baths in his room, I saw he, he posted on Instagram, actually at the end of his bed, which is a, which is a kind of a... Big pimping experience. Um, so Sam had, had a great time. It, it, I'm assuming they decided it wasn't worth him traveling. It's not one of these ones where if you're if you're suspended, you can't go to the game, is it? Like you can still no, yeah, you could go yeah. to the game, but they probably just thought he deserves a a well earned break, get himself Fair rested enough. and and uh, ready for this week, I guess. Well, hopefully, Sam, if you are listening, and I'm sure you're not. Um, you enjoyed beautiful Bruce and Edmonds, the nicest place in Suffolk. Um, AJ, what what did you make of the game? You were there. Tell us all about it. Yeah, um, the verdict afterwards from a lot of people was it was a good game, and I get that. It was also a bit of a horrible game. I think I described it afterwards as uh, beautifully violent. It was physical. It was scrappy. It was it was fun to watch, but it was also just really uncomfortable. And I think, yeah, the, the main point is it was a really good point for town, um, which means that they end the month unbeaten, having won five out of six games, which... Can you complain about? No. Um, I don't think the, the good thing from what I saw from the reaction is there was no kind of what I'd say is maybe recently promoted privilege of people saying, oh, it's not good enough that we're not going here and winning. I think a lot of people saw that performance and looked at the circumstances and really appreciated what town did, um, given everyone who was missing, given the conditions, given Darren Moore, as Stu has said. Um, one of the Huddersfield reporters said afterwards, if that was any other team in the championship, pretty much Huddersfield would have won that 3-1. They 
they had the chances to go and do it. Um, going into a, a probably quite a busy week as well, you really have to take the positives. I thought they, they did play well in, in parts, but when you could see it wasn't probably going to be their day, uh, when that first goal goes in especially, it's, it's a nice finish for it. But you're probably thinking it, it could be a one-goal game, but it's also a case of not ruling out a town team that does not give up at any point. So they could be four or five nil down. You'd still back them to come and do it. So overall, I, I think it's definitely a case of taking the positives. And while there are kind of circumstances that impacted it, I think that there's plenty to take going into the next couple of games. Lovely stuff. A double home game week, of course, coming up, which we'll talk about later on. Let's first of all, though, hear from our glorious leader, Kieran McKenna. K money to his friends. Kieran, it was uh, a really good game, albeit a bit of a gritty and wet one. What did you make of it? Yeah, it was. I didn't think it was a good game in terms of the quality, to be fair. Um, it was a tough fought, competitive game. It was always going to be that. Um, you know, in the, midst of a, in the middle of a busy schedule for us and against, uh, you know, a uh, um, really motivated team with a new manager and that makes, you know, an excited crowd and a extra energetic group of players so um, yeah it was a tough game uh, hard fought we never really managed to get momentum in the game and we made probably too many mistakes in the first half to um, give them momentum which was going to be a big part of today um, so we had to fight really hard for the for the point in the end um, I think we can certainly take positives in the way that we kept going kept um, going to the end we with a team in the end of the game looking like getting the winning goal and pushing for the winning goal and I think that shows good resilience and good ambition in the group and um, we'll learn lots from from a game like today. Yeah. I say K-Money to his friends, he's definitely never ever been called K-Money and I think if, I suspect if you called him K-Money you may get a withering look, Stewie, do you reckon? 100%. Withering <laughs> look was the, the phrase in my mind before you came up without them. He would not enjoy it. Right then, so there was there was Kieran looking somewhat drenched, if you're watching on video, uh, post-game. It was obviously um, quite a storm at Huddersfield. And a storm we're about to talk about now, boys. Let's get the elephant in the room out of the way, shall we? The penalty incident in the first half. Um, I've got a, a replay of it, which we're going to play now. We can talk over this. Um, because obviously there was the incident itself. Then there was another incident which I particularly enjoyed, uh, which I want to talk about as well. So let's 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 bring up the, the replay. So this is Amari Hutchinson steaming into the box with the Sorber Thomas behind him. Uh, and this is what happened. Let me talk about it now. Let's uh, watch it here. So I think he's just taken him down there. Then he obviously tries to hoist him to his feet. And it, here comes Wes. He launches himself at Sorber Thomas, which I absolutely love. I mean, Burns has, has come. He's, he's run a good distance there, and he's and he's literally launched himself at Zorba Thomas. Here's the incident. It's clearly a penalty, isn't it, boys? That's definitely a penalty. Should we do that first of all? Would you say that was a penalty, Stewie? AJ? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I would. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I can see it from from both perspectives. I think it's one. If we took our Ipswich Town hats off and it went against you, you might you might look at it slightly different to say that Amari's kind of put his leg in the way of the defender but for me that is good attacking clever play it's uh he's got himself between defender and goal it, therefore he's he's won the penalty and um yeah for me it's uh i mean you just freeze framed it there that's two <laughs> hands on the back of the scruff of his well, neck let's watch it and ho there we go. hoisted is the word isn't it um 
And then, as you say, the reaction yes. from, from Burns and Hurst to come straight in, 18-year-old teammate getting ragdolled around straight on the scene. Look at that, double hands onto the chest from Wes Burns on Sorber Thomas. And then nice little hug there from uh, Hurst and the goalkeeper. Had a little laugh about it afterwards as it all unfolded. So great camaraderie from the Ipswich players to defend their teammate. But um, yeah, for me, that, that was a penalty. And um, if that gets given, if that gets taken, then that changes the whole dynamic of the game. We talk about goals change game. It would have sucked um, some of the life out of the home crowd. It would have changed the way that Huddersfield had to kind of... A, approach the game potentially um but um but it wasn't given you were saying before we started rolling aj there was uh, obviously as you'd expect opposing views from huddersfield fans mm -hmm. and, and journos around you what was that what was their take on it um well the huddersfield press box really nice does have the, the nice replay screen so we got a good look at it uh introduced us across the championship please they're fantastic having the mm. little monitors there um, so we got a nice little replay. The press box is situated right within kind of the big main stand at Huddersfield, which means you have fans right next to you if you're on the edge of the row, as I was, um, which means that you're surrounded by very strong Yorkshire accents kind of all over you. And one of them had uh, a little look over at my monitor when uh, the foul was made and, and everything that happened after that. And the take was um, it was a dive and it was everything that was wrong with modern football. Which I'm not sure I agree with, definitely. I think the aftermath of it was kind of what I caught the most. I, I saw it happen in real time and I thought it's a penalty. And then you look at it and you're thinking everything that happens after that, really. <laughs> I, I was thinking it's going to be red cards flying everywhere. Well, the way it I mean, Thomas, off. let's be honest, Thomas is lucky to stay on the pitch, isn't he? Because the ref actually yeah. turns away, doesn't he? He doesn't see the the reaction, mm. which in many ways is, is worse than, than the actual foul. The, the way I he think, kind of manhandled mm. Amari Hutchinson. Yeah, I think that next Wales camp is going to be a bit spicy. Yeah. Uh, Wes Burns and Sorba Thomas are both called up. Um, will, will that drag into the Wales camp? Will they kiss and make up after that one? I'm not too sure. Um, what on earth he's doing? I know that he's kind of a bit of a divisive figure at Huddersfield. I think he's a bit of a hothead at times. But what Amari Hutchinson did to warrant being picked up like that, even mm. if he considered that to be a dive. If you're reacting like that to a player diving, then you're equally probably more in the wrong. It was just totally wild. And I love this picture. I've also got a great picture, which I'll show now, Stu. And so that's that's Wes Burns. Literally, he's got Sorba Thomas by the scruff of his neck, you would say. Properly angry is Wes. And uh, all joking aside, and obviously I do I do love the old fighting anyway, but for me, what I took most away from it is, is the sense of the team that you're going to put hands on one of our players, that means we're going to, we're going to put hands on you and we're not going to mess around. And, and Wes launched himself at him. So from my point of view, that's just another example of the great the great camaraderie in the team. And you say in this situation as well, you've got a, a teenager, haven't you? A young lad. Obviously, I guess that the older players feel protective of as well. 100%. Yeah, that was, that was great. I actually thought, I did think it was a penalty. I can see... I can see why it would split opinion. I noted on um, Town TV that uh, both Alan Lee and David Wright in the studio were were a little split on it. They weren't going full sort of uh, blue-tinted glasses. That's a bang-on penalty. So for two former pros to kind of be a little bit on on the fence on it, I thought, you know, said, said something. But um, for me, it was a penalty. Actually, I think showing a yellow card to both players 
I think was quite sensible refereeing. I know what you're saying. That's a, a violent act from Sorba Thomas. We don't want to see that. Mm. Burns then comes in as well and gives him a shove. Sometimes, yes, both. Sometimes you've just got to be sensible and go, right, yellow card each. We don't want to see players off, you know, tempers flare. Let's crack on, lads. And um, what I really liked was Amari's kind of response to that afterwards. I think a lot of 18-year-old lads, who's then every touch was booed mm. from that point onwards. He was then the pantomime villain. He could have really easily gone into his shell, Amari Hutchinson. Young lad, experienced senior football for the for the first time in difficult circumstances. But, um, yeah, he just he just carried on his game and... Um, We'll go on to kind of the pick of the Ipswich players, but he he was right up there and um, continues to impress that young man. It looks far more uh, advanced than than his years would suggest, that's for sure. Hmm. Okay, so uh, Town could have had a penalty there. They end up going 1-0 behind. Uh, AJ, your thoughts on, on the goal for Huddersfield? Yeah, it comes from the, the short corner that they just kind of waste in the end. And at that point, everyone's caught out of position. Huddersfield probably turned it into quite an open end-to-end game at that point. And you could sense that they were quite quick on the counter. Everyone's caught out. I think Brandon Williams had just come on, well, he came on at half-time. So at that point, he was playing over on the right uh, instead of Harry Clark. There's He's nowhere to be seen when that ball gets played over to Bergsorg. And it means that Evans has to run back. And then you're, you're putting Lee Evans into a one-on-one situation. It's mm. not his cup of tea exactly he's beaten there's a big gap for for Bergsorg to, to come through I think it's Burgess in the end who has to try and get back doesn't make it in time it leaves a gap open wouldn't blame Faz at all for for the goal because it's a really powerful hit wet ball wet pitch it's not really much he could do about it a really nice finish not one that I would say had been coming I think that there were moments earlier in the game where you could really feel Huddersfield turning the screw I thought actually when the goal came, you could feel town was starting to find their feet a little bit. So I think that the goal really knocked the wind out of them. Mm. But then Stu... The disappointing thing is the goal comes from an Ipswich corner, doesn't it? Mm. Um, You know, it's a breakdown of the corner. I think Brandon Williams actually gives the ball away in midfield and then then they get picked off a little bit, as you say. And I think the shot ultimately goes through sort of Lee Evans' legs. So as you say, Cladke probably unsighted, whipped back into the corner. Good finish. But they'll certainly look at how their own corner can result in conceding a goal. That's one to have a look, little look back at. Their, um, their set pieces weren't quite as on point in this game um, from an attacking sense. Um, and that kind of was summed up with a goal that was was conceded. Okay. So Tanner a goal down, but we know this side do not lie down. And they ended up getting their equaliser in the, in the dying embers of the game. And it came from this guy who we've just been talking about. Brandon Williams there leaping into the air. Um Looking, looking young there. I guess that's the the, the water <laughs> on his hair. Um, but again, Stu, we know this town have got this town side have got resilience, uh, and they showed it again. And it was um, nice to see Brandon Williams get get on the score sheet. It was yeah. About ten minutes to go, you just sense that Huddersfield collectively started to get very deep, hmm. and suddenly when the finishing line is in sight and you've got a lead to protect, they stopped doing all the, the good things that had got them to that stage in, in the game. And it is natural. We've, we've heard McKenna sort of talking about sagging back into the box and how that's been, their game management hasn't been good in the past. And I think that's what Huddersfield were guilty of here a little bit, maybe a bit of tiredness sort of creeping in. Um, they pressed really high and hard. Um, 
maybe that, all of that had sort of taken it out of them a little bit. Um, and with 10 minutes to go, I thought, yeah, there's there's something here for Ipswich. Ipswich had brought on fresh legs. We know that they're a fit side that can go go to the death. And um, you sense that, that things were, were changing a little bit. It had some good chances. I thought George Hurst probably should have done better with, with a headed chance, tried to sort of glance it to the goal to uh, to the goalkeeper's right rather than going with sort of power back across him. Um, Freddie Ladapo came on and had it after that and had a good couple of chances. One, I think, came at him a bit quick. Yeah, the first um, one. Yeah. That was, I don't think he could have done a, a whole load more with that um, on the edge of the six yard box. But, you know, and the other one's just a really good save from, Brilliant from save. Lee Nichols. Um, so the chances were starting to come, and um, yeah, I felt I felt like an Ipswich goal was coming, and and obviously it did in the end with that that boy Amari. Um, defenders just don't know what to do with him because he's one of these players. You're not 100 percent sure what his strongest foot is, and he can he's got that that lovely ability to sort of stand up a marker, hmm. and they don't. You know, it's that sort of body movement, upper body movement, very very deceptive very faint but um they don't know whether he's going to sort of dart in on his inside or go down the outside this time he went outside clipped a lovely ball to the far post leaf davis there to to help it back across goal and it was a uh, a good attacking header from brandon williams just threw himself at it and um yeah Ipswich got got their rewards i thought that was that was coming hmm. uh brandon williams of course only on the pitch because he came on at half time aj you spoke to mckenna about that after the game, Harry Clark, the man to come off. What, what, what did you make of, uh, of Clark being taken off and that um, dynamic between Clark and Williams? Yeah, two slightly different players. I think that it was not a good game for, for Clark to come into. I think that he was targeted on that side a little bit when you could feel where Huddersfield could kind of see the space. That was who they were targeting. That was where they were having the joy um, a really nice moment early on where I think that's when they realise it. It's when they play a one-two. I think it's Wiles to Karoma. Quick one-two just takes them out of the game like that really easily. Uh, Karoma comes in and forces a good save from Vaz. That was when I think they were like, oh, hang on. If we really shift onto the side, we can cause some problems here. And it meant that Town had to then shift a lot of their focus onto that right side. And one of the biggest things that that then did is it left Leif Davis in absolute no man's land because when Town won the ball back, they couldn't get it over to him because they were all just so focused on that right side and making sure it was kind of marked well. So Leif Davis in that first half was totally isolated and cut out. And I think that that was one of the reasons the changes was, was made because um, they had to make sure that they got Leif Davis in the game. He was much better in the second half, created quite a few chances, obviously got the assist for the winner. I think that clips off Ladapo's head in the end as well. Um, and also, I think it was also the aggression of Brandon Williams. He, he adds a little bit of spice and fire in a game that needed it. You look at the power he got behind that header, the way he runs forward. He seemed a bit more up for this. I think it was more his kind of game. So it, it was a, a move that really worked not anything I've really got against Harry Clark in this situation. It just wasn't really the game for him, I don't think. Fair enough. I'm going to show you a sad picture now, boys. Brace yourself. This is from uh, Warren Page. And that's poor old Lee Evans uh, with his head in his hand. Looks like he suffered another knee injury. Um, and Terry Hunt, actually, had one of our columnists, said he saw him in, in Waitrose yesterday, uh, Stewie, with his leg bandaged from his ankle to his thigh. 
Um, that doesn't look good, does it, Stu? Because we know he's had, what, two seasons ended by knee injuries consecutively. He's had ACL issues. Yeah, I can't oh, remember no. the time frame of them, but he's, he's certainly had multiple knee yeah. setbacks now, hasn't he, over a period of time. Um, Kieran McKenna afterwards said that he um, hurt his knee in a block tackle in the first half. Mm. Um, how much that kind of affected his game going forwards. He's waited a long time for um, a league start, obviously, since Massimo has come in and cemented his place alongside Sam Morsi um, from sort of January, February onwards. He's had to bide his time, get a few cup games. So for him to have felt that knee in the first half, he's maybe thinking, you know, I can't, I can't come off here in my first in the first half. I've got to grit my teeth and get on. Might mm. have affected his game a little bit, um, and then ultimately came off eventually in in the second half. He sort of went down, sort of holding his abdominal sort of area as well so uh, who knows what the nature of these injuries are for him at the moment doesn't sound good from from what you've just described um and a real real shame for lee first and foremost that um that he just can't seem to sort of get any any rhythm going of late um still only 29 years of age so plenty of time for him to to get himself uh get himself right again and and go again but um and ipswich obviously are, are, are pretty well stocked in in central midfield so not a disaster for Ipswich per se but just you know sad for Lee really mm. yeah I mean to have back-to-back knee injuries and then potentially have suffered another one it must be so deflating because they take so long to come back from and then as you say he finally gets a chance to, to start in the league and it looks like his knee's gone again we should also mention AJ um Nathan Broadhead of course didn't play mm-hmm. on on Saturday which is a major surprise um there was a there was a thigh issue off the top of my head, was it? Yeah, it was one he picked up in training. I don't yeah. think the expectation is it's going to be too serious. I've had a lot of messages and tweets about that one when uh, people realised he wasn't in the squad. Mm. Um, I think it's one they're going to have a look at today. It's, it's a hard one for him because obviously he has a history of picking up knocks as well. It's probably important to, to realise he could go off with Wales during the internationals, so it could be a run where you could bring him back for Hull tomorrow if he's fit and then you have the Preston game and then he's, he's going to have a couple during the internationals. He probably is one that can do with a, a bit of a breather given the fact that he's so important to town and I think he has that kind of ability to to go really hot on form and then potentially pick up a, a knock and burn out a little bit. Mm. A couple more things then on the game, Stewie. Obviously, Sam Morsey wasn't there. We know he's in Bury, living life, as it were, in, in, in the jewel in the just, crowd. Just on that point, yep. I thought they really missed Sam Morsey. That's, that's what I was going to say. I was going to yeah, ask you how much they missed not, him. Yeah, I thought big time. He's one that we've, we've been talking on this pod for a little while about taking him for granted and his kind mm. of 8 out of 10 minimum performance levels. We have our man of the match discussion and sometimes we kind of overlook him because we've just got used to what he provides for the team and it's... You only notice it when it's not there. And I thought that was notable from its absence. If there was one game that you didn't want to miss Sam Morsi's kind of combative qualities for, it was this one in the wet at Huddersfield against a really physical side. Um, No knock on Lee Evans in terms of what he can bring to the team. I thought he showed some of his passing qualities at times, some nice little passes through the lines. He doesn't shirk away from things. As I said, he's probably, he probably was carrying a bit of a knock for the majority of that, that game, but um, they missed Sam Morsi and they looked better when 
uh, Jack Taylor came on and, and Massimo then kind of sat in that more of that holding role and, and took on the, the physical side of it and freed up Taylor to get forwards. And um, they did look better then. I, you do have to take into account that Huddersfield by that point were tired and getting deep. So that, that probably helped. But um, yeah, I, I thought they missed Morsi in this game, this particular type of game, big time. Mm. Sorba Thomas was lucky he wasn't there as well. Um, right then, AJ, we've already sp- we've already touched on him, but I want you to wax lyrical a little bit about this man, teenager really, Amari Hutchinson. There we see him on the yep. ball. Um, you picked him as your signing of the summer. He's obviously had a kind of slow start in terms of getting into getting his opportunities, getting into the side, but now it feels like he's he's starting to come on strong. Yeah, I don't think it was a surprise necessarily that he was going to have a slow start coming in because it was a very settled team you look at the the side that McKenna's picked so far this season it's the same one by and large that won promotion from league one and getting into that was always going to be a challenge especially for someone who's never played kind of proper senior football over an extended period of time aside from mm. a few cameo appearances in the premier league um and someone who's as young as he is and also has that kind of unique skill set it's about getting him in to then be effective in the right areas. You can't just kind of have him in as a utility player. Oh, we can fill in wherever. It's about making sure that we can have him in this game to come in for Nathan Broadhead or to come in for Wes Burns because it's where his skill set works. It's a good thing that McKenna Mm. does for for a lot of players. Um, He's also developed so much. I think that's one of the things that people started to notice a lot. I noticed it quite early in pre-season where that first game he was very kind of one-footed he really wanted to get onto his left he had um, a good chance on his debut against Cambridge in pre-season where he really had to score and he ended up switching it onto his left too late missing the chance you could see him develop that through pre-season and now he's such a more well-rounded player in terms of being able to do it on both feet as Stu said earlier um as well as that, he's just becoming a slightly maybe different player. You look at the tackle he put in against Southampton. Would you expect yeah. that of kind of this tricky 18, 19-year-old playmaker who's um, versatile and can kind of come on through through the middle, on the right, on the left? Probably not. It's not really what you'd expect of him, yet he's the one getting stuck in there. Um, so there's development there. And I think it's also important, again, as Stu said, to highlight his maturity. It's such a hard thing for someone who's never really experienced the football league to come in from a Premier League academy, it's a totally different world, as we know, in terms of how they're treated, in terms of um, the facilities, in terms of the overall experience to then be thrown onto the other side of it. And you're certain, you're then playing for a, a championship club and an absolutely soaking wet day in, in Huddersfield against a really physical side. So the way he's adapted to that challenge was always going to take time. But I think the way he has done it has been pretty remarkable. Yeah, Stewie. I mean, aside from the football, obviously stepping up and playing senior men's football is 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 a, is a hurdle that needs to be overcome for a young man. But also, I'm assuming he's living away from home and um, the kind of personal side of things as well. That's that's something is not easy to to kind of get used to. Yeah, something I think we're all guilty of forgetting mm. sometimes the the stuff away from football and the age that these young men are at. 18 years of age. Take yourself back to being yeah 18 and and being away from home for the first time and um yeah just being able to cook and wash your clothes and do all, all that sort of stuff um yeah he's uh he's come on leaps and bounds as alex said he's, he's improved his physical part of his game he's improved his decision making um 
to see that sort of uh, development in front of our eyes in what has been a very short space of time says to me that Ipswich have got a bit of a gem on their hands and um, someone that uh, I'm sure Chelsea are very pleased right now at the choice of club that they've sent him to. Um, so it's a bit of a, a win-win. Ipswich have got themselves a, a very uh, exciting, talented player for this season. And um, yeah, Chelsea will be seeing one of their assets uh, growing in front of their eyes. Mm. There's one final uh, person I want to talk about from this game. Um, and that is the man of the match, Vaclav Hladki, who I notice every single commentator is struggling with um, in terms of pronunciation. But uh, AJ, a, a word on Vaz, because there's, there's a wider conversation we're going to have in a minute, which is why I've kept until last. But um, he, he made some great saves in this game. Yeah. Um, Town would not have got point from this game if it was not for him. Um, I think in that kind of early stages where Tam were maybe finding it a little bit tricky, the first thing that always comes to my mind, and I think it's because of it's you always look at him because it's how Tam play, but you're thinking, oh, it's getting a bit nervy here with the way he's kicking the ball out with, with the distribution side of things, wet ball, wet pitch, uh, often kind of gets played into trouble. And with Huddersfield's high press, you, you, I was feeling a little bit nervous at times. But when it comes to the shot stopping side of things absolutely unbelievable again he, he's just getting to, to the shots that you really don't think he can and i think the one that stood out for me was um one that i think falls to rudoni in the second mm. half uh looks like a, a pretty much a point blank hit really easy one for him to tap it in and uh vaz ends up getting across and it's almost like a block. He just kind of throws himself in front of it. It's not like a proper save. I don't think he even gets a hand to it. He throws his body in front of it and, and kind of makes the, the, the block save in a way. Um, he gets down low. He he makes those ones that maybe... I think he makes a lot of shots look easier than uh, they actually are because you're thinking some of them, like, oh, he's made that look actually like quite an easy save. No, that one, if he doesn't get down to that, it's nestling right into the bottom corner or right into the top. He throws himself about really well, um, given the fact that he's not played at this level before. Now he's stepped up, having had little to no game time for town. Totally unexpected as well with Christian Morton's injury. Really impressed with what he's done. Yeah, that's that's safe from Rodoni that was towards the end of the game, wasn't it, Stu? It's one of those ones that, uh, uh, kind of live, you don't really appreciate how, how good of a save it was. Yeah, sort of Peter Schmeichel-esque in terms mm. of starfish just keeping himself big throwing himself at it quite bravely it's a very brave goalkeeper actually he does chuck mm. himself i've noticed this a few times he'll, he'll throw himself where the boots are flying and we've seen how many times have we seen the ball smash him in the face and um jumping jumping down uh you know where where the boots are flying as i say so he's got that uh, i wasn't sure what he'd be like aerially I thought that would be one area that where he'd be a serious downgrade on on Walton, but he's he, in this game he got a couple of really good punches on on the ball, so he's responded in that that respect. And we know that sort of the, with the ball at his feet, um, he's pretty good. Yes, there's been the odd nervy moment in there, but you have to take the sort of the rough with the smooth, risk versus reward. Um, was, I think there was a moment in this game where he. He controlled it and sort of uh, casually turned the striker as he was charging in on him. So, um, man of the match display from him, no doubt about it. Uh, he can have done no more um, now that Christian Walton is closing in on a return. Yeah, and now obviously I want to move on to that very conversation. But are there any other notes from the game uh, before we before we move on to that? Um, 
I think it's worth noting that their goal scorer, Bergzorg, doing some of the showboating towards the end when they were 1-0 up. He did the, did you see that? He did the old Andre Konchelskis standing on the ball. Did he? Yeah. Oh, do man. You, do you remember that? Yeah, was it from Rangers back in the day where he yeah. said he, he, he stopped short of doing the salute, but he did, uh, <laughs> he did stand on the ball momentarily, and that would have been red rag to the ball. You talk about if Sam Morsi had been yeah. on the pitch, I think you might have got clattered for that one. That's... um. That's not for me. That I mean, he look he looks a handy player. He's a big Dutch striker who's on loan from from Mainz in Germany, and um, he had some good moments in this game. A moment where he sort of uh, outmuscled Wolfenden and got a shot away on the turn. Um, it was his sort of skill and strength that led to that that big save from Hagke that we just talked about. But I'm not sure about standing on the ball, showboating like that. That would be a red rag to the ball if that was me. Is there ever? I mean, is there ever time for that kind of thing? Surely, it's probably not when you're just one nil up, is it, Stu? It has to be when you're what six, seven nil up. Uh, no, never, no, never. Even, I think that would be even worse at six, seven nil up. To really? Because I was up at that. Because that's really taking the piss. That is by that point. <laughs> that's like rubbing salt in the wound. I think I'd just take I'd take a red card at that stage. But Watson, I know because I remember from way back in the day when we did Green and TV. You've got that in your locker. That was one of the things you did on 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 the video clips you used to film back in the day. But I remember filming you in the old Anglian car park doing that very trick. Yeah, but I wouldn't do it on a, in a competitive football match. <laughs> it unlocked it unlocked a memory for me, a, a hidden memory for me when I was I don't know how old I was, probably 13, 14, and we we were playing heads and volleys down the park as you do, and some kid kept doing it, and I said to him, "Don't do that again," and he did. And I just w- walked over and punched him in the chest and he ran home crying. Um, I'm not very proud of that moment, but that's, you've got to stick to your principles. That's that's taking the piss, that is. No nonsense, Watson. AJ, where do you stand on showboating? Wow, um, I'm not pissing Stu off ever. Jesus. Um, <laughs> just don't I, do that, Randy, mate. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Bloody hell, no. Um, I'm probably, yeah, on the other side of the spectrum a little bit. Don't take the piss in kind of those situations when you're one nil up you like a bit of kind of shithousery though like when it's when, when it's maybe i don't know a derby game and you're winning comfortably or there's a bit of kind of spice to it um i like the idea of potentially you know if, if town had gone and done something you have um sorber thomas there maybe rubbing that in a little bit on him after he'd been a little bit of a um i'm not going to use any words there but yeah um i think Maybe something like that to balance the odds a little bit is quite nice. But when it's one nil up and you're doing things like that, and especially at that stage where you could probably feel there was something brewing really mm. bizarre. Mm. Okay, that's the game. Should we move on to the Hladke Walton debate then, boys? Uh Hladke was the player put up after the game. I think Stu, you ended up doing that, didn't you? Um, and he was also asked about Walton. He, he played it with a straight bat, did he not? Yeah, yeah. As you can imagine, it's sort of. Uh, please, are you pleased with your form? Yes, I am. Do you think you've you've done enough to keep your place? Well, that's a question for the manager, but I'm pleased and proud with how I'm playing. Um, he has made no secret from day one, even when Christian Walton was in top form, that he came here to be the number one goalkeeper. Don't forget that he just had the season of his life for Salford, Golden Glove winner, twenty four clean sheets. In League Two, he came to Ipswich on the premise of coming in to be the number one, and was um, was disappointed when when they went out and signed Christian Walton late in that transfer window. 
Um, didn't have the best of starts to life at Ipswich, but I think there was reasons for that with 19 summer signings all trying to bed in and and all of that. Um, showed showed his true qualities, I thought, last year in some of the cup games in a much more settled environment. And uh, as, I've, as I've been saying already, he can have done no more in these first however many games it is at the start of this season, um, bar a sort of little 10-minute lapse against Leeds and, and a couple of slightly shaky moments on the ball, which are to be expected. Uh, he has been, he's been superb, I think. So, mm. um, yes, it's in, an interesting debate to be had. Let's have it then, boys. Um, I want to ask you, hopefully you've got some pen and paper to hand, because I'm going to ask you just a very simple question, which is essentially, if all things being equal, we know uh, Christian Walton's, approaching being able to play again it sounds like he, he might not um they might not kind of risk him before the international break but as and when they're both fit who do you start very simple question Pladke or christian walton our uh terry hunt i mentioned earlier has, has written about this in his column today and he says that if it were up to him he'd bring walton straight back in he says he's, he's the marginally better keeper and over the course of the season he'll be better for town than than Hladke. so i'm going to ask you to write down one of the other boys and we're going to share it and then we're going to talk about it so have you have you made your pick have we um yeah. tapped ross out of this this particular pod because we knew that there was going to be quite a lot of <laughs> yeah. the word Hladke. i think i mean he, there is a, there is a blank screen in the green room he's he's going to appear at some point but we might as well just uh, continue oh here he is oh, there he is let's bring him in Hello, mate. Hi. Have you got your pen and paper to hand so you can take part in this fun game? No. Okay. Well, the rest of us will the rest of us will, will reveal, and then you can you can. I really your hope your answer is not the one. He'll just say whatever Stu to. says. All right. That's what, that's what Ross does. He'll just all say right, Walton because so... he can say it. Yeah. <laughs> so three, two, one, boys. Who should start when they're both fit? Ah. So all three of us have gone Vaz. Rossi, would you agree with that? Yeah. Why would you agree with that? Well, he's making incredible saves. And why would you drop a goalkeeper who's in form? Okay, Walton is number one, but Vaz, I'm saying that, um, he's just, you know, definitely on the weekend made some incredible saves. So why would you drop drop him? So, you know, continue, keep that in until he does cost us a point, cost us a game. That's when you maybe drop him. But at the moment, he's undroppable, in my opinion. I agree with that, and that, that essentially is my thinking as well, Ross. You can't drop someone who's who's playing well. You can't. I mean, how dem- demotivating and demoralising would that be if oh Walton's fit again now? Straight back in you go, son. Um, doesn't really matter how well you played, Raz, because if Walton's if Walton's fit, he plays. What do you reckon, AJ? Yeah, I, I don't really have much to add to that. To be honest, that's yeah. exactly what I was going with. I think it's maybe a little bit different from my perspective as well. That I've not been here for pretty much any of Christian Walton's games so i mean i've seen him a little bit during pre-season um where i thought he looked a little bit shaky at times but then that's kind of what you expect from from those kind of early pre-season games um i also wouldn't necessarily regardless of what the decision is in in terms of the kind of basing it on on the performances and how he can help the team i wouldn't necessarily be that kind of keen to rush him back i feel like it's quite a nasty injury that he's had there are going to be kind of lots of midweek games coming up. We're going to have another Carabao Cup tie at the end of the month. Uh, I think that's actually start of November now. So 
there's going to be opportunities to kind of rotate. I know that rotating a goalkeeper probably isn't necessarily always the best way to go about it, but there's also no reason to drop Vaz at the moment, given how he's playing, absolutely. Let me ask you this then, Stuart, as a, as a different way of approaching it. We all think Vaz should continue playing. Terry Hunt says basically Walton's just a better keeper. Is Would you agree with that? Is Walton better than Kladke? Um, it's hard to say over quite a small sample size for, mm. for what we've seen of Kladke, but based on what we've seen so far, uh, it's, I, I'm one that kind of goes with, with form over reputation. Mm. We always have this debate around the England team as well, don't we? Um, it's easy to forget how good Christian Walton's been. He'd probably been in their top. If you talked about Ipswich's key players over the last year, he'd have probably been in the top top three or four of, of those players when we were looking at stepping up to the championship, which of this squad looks best equipped to take it on. Christian Walton would have been very much towards the top of that list. He's he's played in this division for Blackburn, for Wigan before. So he's got more pedigree there at this level. And I do agree there's no room for sentiment in football and you have to do what's right for the team. And if you feel that Christian Walton's the better goalkeeper, then then sometimes a tough decision has to be made. But for me, I just, yeah, it's the message that it would send out, not only to Vaz, but to the rest of the squad as well, mm. to drop him. There may come a point where Christian gets back in and stays in, but you don't need to rush that decision now. As as Alex says, it's a, it's a, a, a tear to a muscle on the bottom of his foot. Those you've had it before, haven't you, Mark? These these things flare up. These things can flare up again and aggravate mm. over time. Um, there's just no need to make that. You know, there's no need to rush that decision. I'm sure there will come a point where he gets back in, Christian, and stays in. I don't like goalkeepers being rotated. I have to say, I think it's a position that that needs to be settled for the sake of the players in front of you. I don't, I don't want to see a scenario which we have seen in recent years in League One where we had. Uh, Holy swapping in and out, and I'm try- mm. trying to think who Cornell and um, there's a couple of seasons where people were kind of swapping in and out. I don't think that helps with team continuity, but um, yeah, for me, stick stick with Vaz until there's just no decision there to be made at the moment. I just don't don't think you need to make a decision. Mm. I've had all the injuries, mate. Don't you worry about it. Every single one, sadly, he says, slightly uh, melancholy. Rossi, uh, talk about injuries. You're not very well either, are you? We've got Stu suffering. You're suffering. You, uh, but you, you're gushing yeah, your way through it. Got you got, you got what? I've got the sniffles, um, sore throat, and all that jazz. But, uh, <laughs> sore throat and all that jazz. Yeah. Go to the doctor and say that. What's what seems to be the problem, Rossi? Sore throat and all that jazz. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, Ross. I want to ask you though before we move on. You've just been doing your whole city meet the oppo, which is um, what I'm going to call on you now. But I also want to. It's basically an excuse to show this picture again. You took this picture on Saturday. Uh, we've talked about it already, but you were obviously pretty close to the incident. What was that like? Handbags, handbags. Um, and I was getting very wet at that point as well. I was very wet. Um, but I went straight away, that is a penalty. Why is that yeah. not a penalty? Um, so, yeah, it was interesting. Because I didn't actually see the original, you know, um, Thomas bringing up top, top, so I didn't see that incident until, of course, Wes Burns and came in. I was like, bloody hell, something must have happened here. Um, but yeah, handbags. I love it. I love that picture. I love the intensity of Wes Burns' eyes in that. 
he's literally gripped him up by the collar. Fantastic. And then obviously the, the other boys are trying to separate them. Uh, Rossi, you've just been... Sorry? Hmm? They're due a pen, aren't they? I was just going to say. I mean, you go back to Hurst against Sunderland, first game, first weekend of the season, um, getting completely taken out on the rebound after that Chaplin shot hit the bar. Um, there was another game where I think Hurst had a, a shout for one as well. QPR? Was that QPR? Yeah, Steve Cook. Very similar where, you know, the striker gets the wrong, wrong side of the defender. That one was a bit more... 50-50, but if you remember in the first sort of six months of last season, Kieran McKenna started uh, keeping a mental log of some of those, and he's quite good at um, just reminding everyone publicly that they're, they're due a decision. Um, I imagine he might start slipping that into some just to plant some seeds in referees' minds going into the next the next few games. Mental warfare. Um, Rossi, you've just been, the reason you joined us late is because you've been recording your Meet the Oppo expert analysis bit with Hull City. Obviously, we move on now. A double game week, Hull City at home tomorrow and then Preston North End on Saturday. Two good sides that have started well. Hull City, I think, fifth under Liam Rowe Senior. So what have you what have you learned from your uh, your chat with the, the Hull expert? Um, They're doing pretty well, actually. They're doing really well. They're fifth in the league. I'm beaten in eight, I think, or something like that. Um, their away form is pretty good. Um, at home, yeah. they're, they're drawing a lot. But away from home, they're scoring goals and they're winning a lot. So, uh, yeah, I spoke to to the whole and back podcast um, who um, with Nathaniel. And, uh, yeah, he's not as confident going into this game because I think he knows we're doing pretty well at Trish Town. But um, I think they're pretty happy with how they started because Liam Rossini, of course, mm. a young manager, a former town loanee. I don't know what sort of reception he'll get. I don't know if anybody will remember that. I think that was 2009-10 season, I think it was. So, um, but he's another young manager who's um, brought in some, you know, young players. They've got Scott Twine, who, um, you know, he's had many interesting battles against Town. You know, that goal Uh-oh. was it for Swindon. Um, he scored. He scored a couple, hasn't he, against Town? Long Rangers. So, yeah. So. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting battle because yeah, whole city. I think maybe gone under the radar a little bit because of uh, you know last year it somewhat struggled. Um, but Liam Rossinia, his first full season. Um, doing pretty well so far. Stu, you're writing the preview, aren't you? So I don't know how deep you've got into it, but I know Liam Rose Senior is, is is certainly rated very highly. I know Michael Richards said he's the best manager outside the Premier League uh, at the same time when Shearer and, and Nineke were, were saying Kieran McKenna. Have you got any uh, early thoughts on Hull? Yeah, I think Liam Rosini is probably just that um, on a similar sort of Kieran McKenna type journey with, with Hull. Mm. Um as as McKenna has been, you can see that they've they've improved. He's had thirty nine games in charge, took over sort of early part of last season. He's only lost nine of those. Um, looked like they've recruited really well this summer. Uh, Jaden Philogene, uh, five million pound signing from Aston Villa. There's a bit of a coup to to get him. I think Ipswich were, were a club sort of linked with him. Uh, they share very similar philosophies to Kieran McKenna. Some fascinating. Uh, quotes from Liam Rosinia heading uh, after this game. They drew, again, as Ross says, a lot of 1-1 draws at home, not losing many at home, but just drawing them. Um, and he's talking about sort of hearing a, a little bit of frustration in the crowd at the, at the playing style. Um, he says, I was disappointed. We went 1-0 down and then there's a moment we make five one-touch passes from our goalkeeper and end up on the edge of their box. It's top play level. Certain people in the crowd are booing. Maybe I have to work harder to educate the fans in the way we play. Um, talks about them having 66% possession, 21 shots. 
Um, when I came in, we were 21st in the league with the worst defensive record in all four divisions. So for us to go in less than, for us to improve as much as we have in less than a year and recruit the way we have um, is impressive, essentially. So um, that tells you kind of the journey that they're on. I think they're trying to do very similar things to Ipswich, similar playing philosophies to Ipswich uh, with sort of young, hungry, dynamic players trying to play, inverted commas, the right way. So it should make for um, another entertaining evening under the lights at Portman Road, you would imagine. Speaking of young, hungry and dynamic, AJ, what um, what kind of game you're expecting? Yeah, I think a lot of people are kind of looking at this week and thinking Preston, given the, the form that they've had and, and where they've been in the league, is kind of the, the big game this week. I think that the whole one slipped under the radar because this mm. is a really, really tough game. Um, going back to kind of Liam Rossini, I think he was played quite a tough hand last season where Hull's recruitment was quite good. It was very heavy kind of top pedigree players, but it was bedding in a lot of new new faces into that. And while he did a good job, I think there were also kind of a few murmurs of discontent given the fact that there was a lot of money flying around. You look at people like Jean-Michel Serri, who was bossing it for Fulham when they absolutely stormed the league a couple of seasons ago. And, and there's others in there. Now that things have settled down a little bit more, I think you're starting to see the hole that maybe a few people expected to see. I know that they were a, a dark horse for for a few before the start of the season. Others probably thinking that based on last season, it was going to be a bit more of the same in terms of that finish. I think it is going to be the former, and I think that they are a really exciting side when you look at the team they put out against Plymouth over the weekend. There's a lot of top ends championship players there they've got a really exciting manager who wants to play an attacking brand of football um and i think it's set up to be one of the the best games this season hopefully not the journalist curse there but i i really like the, the battle that's kind of set up on the pitch here. that's saying something if it ends up being one of the best games of the season already seen <laughs> there are a lot of them aren't there yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. all right uh, rossi we'll give our we'll give our predictions in a minute uh rossi but we already talked about scott twine did you did you guy Highlight any other players? I know the the, the boy uh, two fan has scored quite a few goals, hasn't he? Yeah, and um, Aaron Connolly, um, mm. the Irishman, former Brighton striker, he's scored five for them this year. Um, of course, I've got Liam Dalap. Dalap? Yeah, Dalap, yeah, simple names. Dalap. He's uh, of course on loan from Man City. Another you, you know young player. Um, you've signed once again. Is it Philogene? Philogene, Destin Villa player. He's also been a, a standout for them as well. So. Uh, They've got a young and hungry squad. So um... Two fans injured, by the way, I think. Thigh oh, injury, which uh, would be okay. a big blow for them. He's 50-odd um, caps for Turkey. Mm. Um, he was among the uh, August Player of the Month nominees in the Championship. So having him out is a bit of a blow. He's been playing as their sort of num number 10 or up front at, at different times as well. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a blow for them. But um, plenty of attacking options as, as some of the players that... Uh, the boys have, have rattled off there. I think they've they've got a decent decent depth to them. Should we do predictions then, Rossi? None of us hit anything at the weekend, did we? So you and Alex are still streets ahead of me and me and Stewie. Um, so what are we going to predict then, boys? Shall we start with? Uh, Should we do it in in order of of the league table? Should we start with AJ? Okay. What are you saying? Um, I've predicted a win in every single game so far this season. I'm going to veer away from it, and I'm going to go. Oh. With... Two two draw under the lights at Portman Road. Um, with a good chance of hopefully trying to establish my lead. I'm gonna go away from the trusted formula. Um with my first goal scorer, I'm gonna take a risk again. 
with the, the hope that he starts in as good form, Starboy Amari Hutchinson. 2-2, two, two, Amari Hutchinson, Rossi. Did I sense that there was a little... Uh... I don't know if you if you just sneezed or whether that was a comment on the prediction. I mean, that was the direction you're heading in. Uh, no, no, I was just um, I don't know what I was doing. I think just, just breathing, just existing. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> do you know what? I'm getting sort of thrown off because I've got OCD about when we do these podcasts. And oh, the sorry. And you're down down there at the bottom right. It just doesn't look right to me. But um, that's too late now. Don't move yourself now. No, no it's go. too late now. <laughs> you know, we've had an hour of you just there. It's just doing um, this. Doing that. No, just messing with him now. Oh. There we go. Now you're in order. Look, so you've got go. AJ top. You're second. What are you saying? Uh got got to predict another win, and I got to predict another win. Um, got to go two one, two one win, and the uh, the boy the boy Connor Chaplin to get off the mark again because uh, didn't have a great game on Saturday. So uh, this is an opportunity for him to you know show what he can do at Portland Road. Yeah, Chapman's not scored for a while, is he? Uh, so two, 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 one. I'm going to say, uh, I want to say three, one to town. Um, you know, another obviously competitive and entertaining game. And I'm going to say, Janoy Dinassian. Oh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Uh, just, just messing around, lads. Just banter. Um, I think I'm going to say, I'm going to say Wes Burns. I've got a feeling Wes Burns is going to score. Now, of course, he won't even start. They'll play Murray Hutchinson. Um, but that, that's what will happen. So I'm saying 3-1 Wes Burns. Uh, Stewie, what are you saying? Uh, I've also got 2-1, same as Ross. Um, and I thought George Hurst looked uh, looked a handful on Saturday in the first half a couple of times. He, uh, he had people for pace. He had people for strength. Ipswich couldn't quite work enough opportunities for him. So I'll... Um, yeah, I think he looks like a man in, in a decent nick at the moment. So I'll go George Hurst. Excellent. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's panned out badly, hasn't it? Well, I mean, you'll be sitting pretty, mate, if it's a draw. It's bold That's to true. predict a draw. Um, so, yeah, let's see. So we've got 2-2, two, 2-1, two, two, one, two, one, one. So uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Obviously, all the boys will be there. So follow it with them. Uh, Rossi, before we move on to something very different and a bit of fun to finish... Um, I know you put together a loan watch for us and uh, I, a couple of things caught my eye this weekend, which I thought was worth reflecting on. Greg Lee scored a brace. I know he's not on loan. He's uh, he's now an Oxford player, but a couple of goals for Easy Lee. Uh, and also, I know that Cole Skews is very town. We saw him last week in his manager's kit. They had a big win at Stonemarket, didn't they? 5-0. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Greg Lee on his 29th birthday. So not a bad little birthday treat to get a you know, a brace on, on that. And uh, yeah, some good goals as well. I don't know if you've seen the goals, but um, yeah, two really good finishes. Uh, Carl Edwards, though, he's got a hammy. He's got a hamstring injury. So um, hopefully it's not too serious, but uh, he, he missed the game for Oxford. But uh, yeah, good win for them. I think they're second Oxford. Yeah, they're going well, aren't they? Um, for the second. And then, yeah, very town. Uh, Danny, Danny Cullum, the young 17-year-old goalkeeper, he got another clean sheet, but that's... Mm. Uh, Good experience for the young keeper because yeah he's playing at a decent level and he's getting clean sheets you know it was the penalty hero only last weekend mm. yeah Cole Scoo I think they're seventh in the table Barry so uh, they're doing not too bad um, and yeah to beat Stone Market five nil you know at Stone Market is a decent result but uh, all the other people Corey Andaba's back from injury which is good he made his first start um, in over a month um, in Kilmarnock's draw against St Mirren he's got to go to Celtic Park next weekend so that's a Good experience for the lads. Already beaten Celtic, can he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, uh, in the yeah. They're not at Celtic Park though. This will be a 
interesting game for him. 50,000 plus and all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gassan. Gassan had me. hasn't scored in eight games. Not good to see. You know, hopefully he can get off the mark for Cambridge again at some stage. Um, but it's not a really good weekend, actually, for the low players. None of them won. So, yeah. No, no I can normal. Actually, no, of course, Danny Danny won for, for with Barry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think Zach Bradshaw, another youngster, he 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 won for Woking. They won two 0 So, uh, but everyone else, you know, Panucci still injured. Yeah, you know, but anyone else is getting minutes, which which is good. Absolutely right, Ross. I want to hear all about your glamping now to end the show because uh, I was very jealous. I must say, mate, when you said you're going glamping, I thought, hmm, I'm not sure about that. But then you start sharing pictures on your Instagram, and uh, it looks so nice that I uh, I immediately tracked down the place and. Look to see uh, if we could go. Unfortunately, it's not dog friendly. And I know we were talking earlier about Sam Morsey being in Berry at the weekend. He he also liked the look of it, didn't he? Rossi, tell us all about it. Yeah, it was. Um, I'll give full credit to to Sir Sasha. She was um, mm. she thought out. I didn't. You know, I'm that doesn't that surprise organized. me. I must. I must. Say. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not organised. But yeah, I know she she sort of said, "Oh, I want to have a little mini break somewhere." You know, at the end of September. I went, okay, yeah, do, do, you know, just find whatever. And um, she mentioned this place. And I, at first I thought, like, glamping, you think it's like tents and stuff like that. Yeah. But no, no, no. Um, I'll show you the picture of the, the place. And, uh, yeah, it was really nice. In Dillham, um, in Norfolk. So I had to, you know, cross the border. Had to get the... You have to wear a disguise. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a recognisable face. Don't want to get caught in enemy territory. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah, that is. The little, little uh, pod, that's what we called it. The pod. Um, it was the damsel fly, if you're asking. That's what it was yep. called. And, uh, they've got a hot tub there. You've got the, the fire. Um, you've got a nice king-size bed inside. Nice shower. Really nice shower, actually. You know, shout out to the shower. <laughs> <laughs> always um, got to shout out the shower. Yeah, but I know it, it was lovely. Um, and if you want a nice little breakaway with your other half or, you know, your family as well, it's, yeah. it's a lovely place. And, and we're, uh, not, we're not being sponsored by them. It's just, honestly, no. Ross is just talking about it. Shout out to the the, 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 the bathroom appliances. I know you shout out the toilet, didn't you, in uh, yeah. Innsbruck as well. And there's, there's, there's another picture I'm really keen to see, Ross, because, um, go on, bring it up. What are you doing okay. here? I'm just, I'm just like, enjoy, you know, woo! <laughs> you're in a bathrobe. You're living your best life. Yeah. Is this before or after you've jumped in the hot tub? This is before. Right. This is before. So I was, I'm, I'm already happy even before I've gone in the hot tub. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good, a good experience. And uh, we had, well, I had probably my best steak I've ever eaten at the Crown Pub in, uh, what's it called? Sandberg. I think it's called Sandberg. Okay. A little, little village good. just around the corner. Um, it was lovely, delicious, and uh, yeah, it was a, a nice few days away. Although I am ill now, so I don't know if it's because of that or maybe Stu's given it to me. I don't know. Yeah, you're muted, Stu. You're, you're on mute, Stu. <laughs> I haven't seen you to give it to you, so I don't know how that's going <laughs> to work. <laughs> Just through the screen, mate. Tuesday, did, uh, yeah, maybe. Didn't yeah. spend a lot of time in your company. Um, I would say... How well dressed were you at Huddersfield, Ross? Because we know that you don't often come prepared. Did you have any waterproofs? Yeah, although I was, AJ, I was feeling a bit under the weather even before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> in the car, I was like, oh, yeah. I'm not feeling it today. It, was, it came on Thursday morning when I woke up in the, the pod. Yeah. I was like, oh, I've got a bit of a sore throat here. And I was like, oh, I think maybe I'm just thirsty. So I just, you know, down the pint of water. Like that, that sorted me out. And then Saturday... <laughs> I got worse and worse on Saturday. But yeah, I did get very wet. You weren't so. wearing shorts, were you? I know you're a big fan of no, shorts. No, no, no. Jeans. 
I was wearing jeans, yeah. Oh, mate, you must have been sodden. Yeah. So you sat for five hours on the way home in a pair of wet, wet through jeans. <laughs> yeah. Right. Superb. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed your trip anyway, Ross, and thanks for giving us the update. Um, I certainly I can recommend having looked at the uh, the website. It looks cracking. Uh, so if you fancy a little break, that's the place to go. And friends, in terms of our uh, community around the world, I just want to shout out someone. We've heard again from another member of the KOA Global community before we head off today, uh, Nathan Hall over in Australia. Um, we know we've got listeners in 55 plus countries around the world. Always good to hear from you. And if you are in one of those far-flung countries, email me, mark.heath at newsquest.co.uk and we'll give you a shout out. Uh, Nathan says he uh, he was in Gisborne in Victoria, uh, about an hour north of Melbourne. Uh, and he, he usually listens to the pod on his commute to work in Melbourne. Uh, he was writing this email from a place called Warrenabool, which is 3.5 hours from Melbourne at the end of the Great Ocean Road, which sounds tremendous, on the land of the Gunditjmara people of the Kulin Nation. I should probably have read this before I uh, started reading it. Uh, yeah, so uh, lovely to hear from you, Nathan. I hope you enjoyed your holiday and enjoyed your barbecue, he says at the end. Anyway, time to finish. Go and do the barbecue. Um, so another far-flung listener there, still waiting to hear from our listener in Kiev. If that is you, please do get in touch. Uh, and again, if you are somewhere around the world listening to us, let us know. Send us an email or hit us on Twitter because it's great to hear from you and build the community. Right then, friends, that brings us probably to the end of the show this week. Ipswich Town didn't win at the weekend, but they've got two home games this week to build on and continue their promotion charge. Someone picked you up, Stu, by the way. I noticed on Twitter you made reference to promotion push um, in one of our pods. I think it was one that just me and you did. So now they're going to hold you to that. Are you happy with that? Uh, yeah, as, a, <clears throat> as I said in reply, that wasn't... Um has to come from the subconscious i'm normally quite um as you know quite reserved on, mm. on going early on things like that but that was obviously um that's obviously come from the true the true depths of my mind so let's let's roll with it that's obviously uh it's obviously what i'm thinking um why not yeah I mean, uh, it's legit though isn't it with nine games in they're, they're second in the table they're, they're playing really well you can't I don't think that's, yeah, that's I'm not, overly not bold too to carried away. I think yeah. I think Saturday is a kind of reminder of um, how tricky this division is, and that there'll be more games like that. And I think teams A will start to maybe the surprise package part of it, which could start to wear off mm. at some stage. The teams like Huddersfield will start to show them quite a lot of respect, as they did on Saturday. Pitches get heavier in the winter. Games come thick and fast. All of a sudden, you lose one or two key players like on Saturday and it can affect you so things can change but from what we've seen so far there's every reason to believe that they can be competing in the top quarter of this division and, and you know have a, have a shot at the playoffs um, I wouldn't go any any further than that um, from what we've seen so far but yeah why not I'll, I'll own it I'm not gonna not gonna shy away from it I said it so I'll stick with it like it. Any other business boys? Anything else to mention, AJ Rossi? Anything else uh, you want to share with the world before we take our leave? Yeah, I, I saw this interesting bit over the weekend that really made me appreciate managers like Kieran McKenna. I don't know if anyone else saw this. Bristol Rovers, Joey Barton, after Uh-oh. their defeat at Peterborough, um, Luke Thomas, former town man, uh, ended up seemingly, at least in uh, the eyes of the, the Rovers manager, playing a part in the second goal because he ended up pulling up with, um, I think it was a hamstring injury as um, the piece of a man 
kind of wheeled past him and then I think they ended up scoring a bit of a tap in there. And Joey Barton in his post-match went absolutely ballistic. So he throwed him out saying, oh, the lads have worked so hard um, all week and we've had one player who's come in and he's ruined it for all of us. Um, he said... He should have, you know, he should have raised the injury at half time, or he could have gone down. But no, he played on. I think he called him like a stupid boy, something like that. He said that um, wow. he wants to fine him a week's wages and use the money to um, pay for the travel that the Bristol Rovers fans had to do to get to Peterborough. Bristol Rovers fans are just absolutely bemused at this. I think having watched the guy, everyone's bemused at this. Regardless of kind of the situation, it was one of the wildest kind of post-match interviews I've seen. It really makes you appreciate, as I said, managers like Kieran McKenna who have that restrained view and do not come out with things like that where they just don't even throw players under the bus but under some sort of massive like haulage truck. This is Luke Thomas who had to take a break from football while he was on loan at Ipswich through mental health problems and yeah. uh, has had some some struggles away from football. So <clears throat> that's appalling man management, I think, to be done. I mean, he, he might have a point that a player should have shouldn't have carried on if, if they felt there was an injury there, but that doesn't that doesn't need to be played out publicly, does it? That's uh, that's a private conversation to be had. Joey Barton, eh? What's he like? He's a boy, isn't he? Uh Rossi, anything from you? Um no, I don't think so. Uh just yeah. I just wanna go and lay down now for a bit. Well you can't because you're working. Suck yeah, it up, buddy. <laughs> you can just lay down. Do your video. Yeah, I can do that. I've just got to wait like for things to download. You know? Horizontal Ross. Yeah. Uh, right then, friends, that brings us to the end of the show then. We've done, what, 70 minutes? So slightly longer than normal. Hope you enjoyed it. Just a reminder to support our sponsors. I'm wearing the Ginger Pickle hoodie today. I see, by the way, Tony Southgate, you flirting with a new pretty girl uh, called Life's a Pitch with your, your leg all over them. Good for you, mate. Uh, but don't forget where, where it all started. Kings of Anglia friends. So yeah, if you if you're looking for help with your SEO, your Google ads, your Google rating, all that kind of stuff, digital advertising, Tony Southgate and Ginger Pickle are the place to go. And also use the KKRA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on all your excellent stuff you've got there from Manscaped. Be it face trimmers, beard trimmers, nose and ear trimmers, or below the waist grooming, or a range of excellent other stuff. They've got uh aftershave, they've got various potions, uh, all that kind of good stuff, and pants as well. If you fancy some some pants that say manscaped on to share your your grooming habits with the world um get involved there friends that's it then i hope you've enjoyed the show today if town have got a double game week this week both at portman road a chance to power pack their promotion push as Stuart watson tells us we definitely have uh, if you're going to the game enjoy it if you're not follow it all with us uh say hello to the boys as well um but maybe stay a bit clear of rossi and stew with the lurgy have a great start to your week and we'll be back later on this week to talk all about it and look forward to the weekend have a good one and we'll catch you next time Thank you.